Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call? 499-9526 will get you right straight to the top of the list. That's right. Right now is the perfect time to call, too. Oh, it really is because we've got all our lines wide open. And, of course, you pop a 225 right in front of there. And, and you can call, call from anywhere, anywhere you want. That's right. <laughs> now, you could actually call from overseas, but there's more numbers you got to put on it. I'm just not smart to know all that. <laughs> you got to put like a 1-1, one, one, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's something you don't need to know, that's probably it. Well, that's it. You know, I just don't know how to do that. <laughs> if I ever got a call overseas, I have to get somebody to do it for me. There you go. There you <laughs> just go. one of those little things, how you going to know. <laughs> that's it. Don't, don't really need to know right yeah, now. Yeah, just don't really need to know. Well, you know, for the most part, everything I need is right right here anyway. So. That's it. <laughs> and pretty much right there in the little area where you live. Pretty much within about a one square mile area where I live. There you go. <laughs> I get hold of just my <laughs> I need. <laughs> I can get a burger. I can get a pizza. I can get whatever I want. Oh, yeah, whatever. I, I can even go to movies if I want to. There you go. <laughs> hey, let's go to straight to our phone lines. We've got William on line. Good morning, William. Morning. Yes, Good sir. morning. Brian. Thank you. I got a 2004 Silverado truck. Okay. A few months ago, my odometer, I couldn't switch it to trip under or okay. whatever. And then my oil pressure gauge started going wacky, and it's staying pegged out, and I still can't switch. Okay. Yes, sir. Let me ask you, William, when you say the oil pressure gauge is going wacky, it's all the way over like 90 pounds? Well, it, it first began by just reading really high. Okay. So I took it to a mechanic. He said, oil pressure's fine. That's part of some assembly in there. And then now it just stays as far as the gauge will go. Yeah. Is a little chime going off, a little ding, 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 ding? No. Okay, if the chime is not going off, William, most likely it's going to be the gauge in the instrument cluster itself. They have a good deal of trouble with both the sender units and the gauges on those trucks. Mm -hmm. Usually when the sender unit sticks, it's going to send a warning because it thinks the oil pressure is way too high, and it's going to send a little ding, 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 ding. Generally, when it's just reading all the way to one extreme or the other and not working, it's the instrument cluster. But it's pretty easy to test that. The odometer, it's got a digital odometer on it? No. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, a little digital readout. When you push the button, what does it do? Nothing. Just doesn't change? No, it's stuck on hours right now. Yeah, it's probably got a bad solder joint in that instrument panel cluster. We and we repair a lot of those. I may be able to fix what you got, and it's a lot, lot, lot cheaper than replacing it. But both of those problems could probably be fixed by pulling the instrument cluster out. Now, if it's a component that's not available, and some of them are not, then you have to replace the instrument cluster. Right. But we have fixed a lot of those just by pulling the cluster out, resoldering all the joints. Sometimes it's a transistor or something that you can get. It's a universal-type transistor, and you can change that. We do all that at AGCO in-house. We can also change the gauges and stuff on it. Now, let me ask you, how many miles do you have on it? Well, best I remember, I got about 88, 89. Yeah, when they usually go out about eighty to 90,000, because I was going to say, those are actually under recall for instrument clusters up to 70. And the reason they recall them to 70 is because they always go out at 80. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of funny how that works out, you yeah. know. But, yeah, I would say call Elaine, make an appointment, let me get in and check it. It's possible you got a bad sender unit as well, but that – odometer issue is definitely going to be in the instrument cluster, and I think both may be. Does the speedometer ever hang up on you? No, it seems to do well. The yeah. tachometer's working Tack all right? and all that. Yeah, everything seems to be Eventually, it's going to start. What's going to happen is you'll be going down the road about 30, 40 miles an hour, and the speedometer will go over to 100. No, no, I don't have that. It will. Just wait. <laughs> well, what are we looking at? Worst case. Well, it's about $325 to pull the dash out, totally rebuild it, and put it back in. But there is a chance that it's not rebuildable, in which case you got to replace it. The labor to change it's about an hour, $88.
and it has to be reprogrammed. But the dash, I want to say from GM, is probably five or six hundred bucks. So it, it gets pretty pricey if you got to change it. I just need to get it down and let you look at it. Yeah, and I mean, I will check and see. If you're not overly concerned about the odometer, it's possible well, to send the you to call. Well, because I bought it from a oh, dealer yeah. that changes oil. Based well, on sure, my sure. And I mean, it's a nice feature to have. Yeah. yeah I, and if you ever get ready to sell the truck, you're going to have a problem. That's right. you know, if the odometer doesn't read, they're not going to want to take it. Yeah. Now, now it's going to still have the proper mileage because that's recorded in a chip. That LED is just like the monitor. That's just a display. So the mileage will be in there. It's actually still counting it. It's just not displaying it to you. Right, so I just need to get her down there. Yeah, we can do something with it, I'm sure. Well, Lewis, I appreciate you. Okay, William. Thanks for me. Thanks for calling, guy. Bye bye. All right, 499 9526. Number, if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Keith online. Good morning, Keith. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Listen, I have my oil change. I'll drive a new Chevy truck. Uh huh. I changed that oil change plate. Uh huh. Mobile One. You know, I know my car stuff. I'm just feeling late today. But anyway. He uh, suggested I use this new filter that's made especially for synthetic oil, which sounds like a bunch of bull. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, put it on. So I paid for the $100 oil change. Wow. The next day, it's all, all over my carport. Oh, Lord. And I bring it back. The filter's loose. Yeah, tell me, instead of spending so much time trying to sell you junk, why don't I go ahead and take a few more minutes to tighten the filter up? Wait a minute. That's really important, you know? Tighten it. Yeah, well, you tighten the filter. <laughs> uh huh. So I went back again. I said, you know, I, and I went back for my next oil change. Uh-huh. And, and I said, listen, remember me? He remembered me. I said, make sure you tighten the filter. <laughs> and I looked at the filter. It looks almost identical to the regular yeah. the gasket. Is, all right. He, he, he tightened the filter. And for about almost a week, it was all right. Then I started seeing the oil on my yeah, you know, when you say the, filter, the gasket is thicker, Keith, what you want to make real sure of, because I've seen this happen before, if the old gasket came off the old filter and was on the thing and they screwed them together and they stuck together, you may have two gaskets on that thing. Right. No, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. This is a brand-new truck. That was the first oil change. Huh. So what happened, I... If I had to take that golf and get a Daisy Delco filter and put on his mine, I would not even... put on there? He just he's trying to tell me it's a special filter. No, no, really? no. What model is that truck? A uh, Chevy. No, what year model? 2012. 2012. Yeah. No, man, this That's regular AC Delco filter is all you ever gonna right. need, and you ain't gonna have know, all those but, troubles with it. Right. I just I said go ahead and do it. You know. Yeah. No. Nah. I, I think the gasket is just too thick. Well, you see, and it's compressing. And allowing the oil. It could be. I mean, you don't know where those filters are coming from. I mean, it could be some junk made in China. Who knows? Y'all never heard anybody complain. That happened to me twice. Yeah. I'd be getting a regular filter put back right. on that thing. Well, I will from now on. For sure. The filters are defective. Well, yeah. Well, you don't know where that just, stuff's coming from. You don't from. know where it's coming from. Man, there's junk. I had a guy coming the other day. He just bought a windshield washer pump. And the windshield washer pump from Chrysler was $89. The one he bought was $12. And he wanted to know why it didn't work. He said, well, it looked just like. I said, well, you can't look inside of it, you know. The thing is, the regular filter is like 3 bucks, and they would they charge $10 for this filter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, man, man look, that the sounds like a bunch of hoopla there. The engineers made that AC Delco filter to fit. for that application, for right. that truck. It's supposed to do everything that that engine yeah, needs. that's right. 
So oh, don't worry, I won't use that filter again. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'd go now, back I don't with think it. it's the guy's fault. They're tightening the filter up, but the gasket is. Yeah, it could be a defective design. Right. Who knows, man? Like I said, you don't know where those filters are coming from. Now that truck on 2012, that one actually requires synthetic blend. Can't Dexos. put regular oil in that truck. It requires oil that meets the Dexos specification. Now Mobile One does meet Dexos, so you're okay with that. But, I go to 15,000 miles on it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't either. I would never, ever, ever do that. Why? They, they recommend it in the Well, manual. sure they do. They're there to sell you another truck. If you go 100,000 miles and that throws a rod, they, they say, hey, great, come buy you another one. I would never, ever, ever do that. The, Synthetic that all oil gets dirtier than regular oil because it's a better detergent. I would never, ever push I mean, what, what are you gaining by doing that? Saving a couple of dollars on oil changes? If you, if you average out... Say if, you, if you didn't use, uh, say if you change every, if you use regular oil and change it every, you can't use regular oil. The yeah. cost. You, you can't. Wow. You, you cannot use regular oil on that engine. The engine requires Dexos, which is a synthetic yeah. blend. But you cannot go fifteen thousand miles. In my experience, we're putting engines in Chevrolets now at one hundred seventeen to one hundred twenty-five thousand miles on a weekly basis. Right. Since they went to this stuff, you, you got. <clears> they're you coming got in to with really no oil pressure. Careful. They're coming in throwing rods. They're coming in all. I put two in last week. Really? Yeah. Well, you got to oh, remember, yeah. the guys telling you that are in the business of selling new trucks. Well, I mean, I don't know the manuals. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who wrote the manual? GM. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> what business is GM in? <laughs> yeah, vehicles. but I mean, if you got an extended warranty, of course, the, no warranty goes over 100000 That's right. It's right. Gonna make, it'll make 100000 If you it don't make 100000 If you, you wanna, don't do gonna, anything at all to it, it'll go 100,000 yeah. miles. You could what do you recommend? It depends on the way you drive the truck. If your average trip is more than, say, 15, 20 miles, and you get in a truck, you drive 20 to 30 miles before you stop, you could I'll probably. 40,000 miles on a truck in a year's time. Okay, okay. Well, you so could you're probably go, You could probably go five, 6,000 miles pretty safe. I would never, ever try to go 15,000 miles. You got all sorts of liquid contaminants that are going to build up in that oil. There's every, the oil t- every is doing time its you job. start it, right? Every time you start it, it's cold. It heats up. You cut it off. It cools off. Moisture condenses in the crankcase. <laughs> well, that's the truck you bought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we hate. I hate to say, say that. You, have to use, you cannot use regular oil. You got to use something that meets Dexos. Right. Now, if they find out you're putting regular oil in it and you have an engine trouble, engine failure, they will void, void your, warranty. your warranty. That's right. You're gonna have to be able to prove that you put something other than that, at least meeting Dexos standard right. in there. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But I do want to let you know about now, De- so Dexos. Now, Dexos is going to be less expensive than Mobile One because it's a synthetic blend. It's not, it's a not pure a full, synthetic, right. and it will meet all the specifications, so it would save you some money. I'd still rather use Mobile One. Maybe. Well, it's, that's it's good. It's a great product. You know, if you're trying to use it to go out that long, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because one engine repair, let's say you wear a camshaft roller out, you ain't never going to save enough money on all changes. You're talking about a $2,500 repair. And we see that on a weekly basis, folks who try to go way over line with them all changes. The last Chevrolet truck I had was an 01. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I got 265,000 yep. miles. Yep. Yeah. That's and a different I, that's I, a I, different truck. I used a variety of oils. Yep. I mean, I had no problem with the engine. I had to replace the transmission. Keith, the but engine in a 2001 has absolutely nothing to do with the engine in that 2012. It's a totally redesigned You got variable cam timing in that engine. You got all kinds of different things that other engine never had. Wow. It's yeah. got, that's, that's what you bought. So now you got to live with it. But you, you know got, you I got get, to I use Dexos or better. This truck will not get over 17 miles to the gallon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I wouldn't be pushing all chains that long, <laughs> I tell you. I, had a, I, I mean, had unless a, you want to go 100,000 and throw it away, in, in which case it's a pretty good plan. I had a, a Toyota truck that would get 21 miles to yeah, gas. Yeah, yeah. A big Tundra. Yeah. It got more mileage, yeah. gas miles, than this brand-new Chevrolet truck. Yeah. Now you might yeah. want to have bring both. I don't know what it's rated at, but they ought to be getting better than that. So if it's still under warranty, I'd bring it back yeah. and say, hey, look, why ain't I getting what it's rated at? Big letdown on the, on the gas mileage. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. guys. Okay, man. All right, sir. See you later, Keith. Bye. All right, four nine 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 five two six. Number if you want to be part of the automotive hour, we'd love to have you. We're going to take our quick little break, and we'll be right back with more in the automotive hour. Plan to motor west. Travel my way. Take the highway. That's the best. I get your kicks. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClin. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. I see. Your ship is broken down. You want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honor knowledgeable team at AGCO to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life forms. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that AGCO is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Well, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and won her phone number. <laughs> like you said, a highly evolved life form. Welcome back. If you just join us, this is the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Go ahead and give us a call, 499-9526. And, of course, that is area code 225. And we're going now. Phone lines with Brent. Good morning, Brent. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing Good great, morning. sir. Good. I just had a quick question relative to oil changes. Okay. If you go regular oil changes and all of a sudden you change to synthetic, mm -hmm. uh, is it do you need to stay synthetic once you go that route, or can you go back to traditional Three, oil change? I, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Brant, I am just not real big fan of ever changing the oil type in an engine. I think that you put one oil in there and keep it in there for the life of the vehicle. Now, if you want synthetic, then I would start out with synthetic. I don't think there's a whole lot to be gained by switching over to synthetic midstream. I've seen people do that. They've got 50, 60, 80, 100,000 miles. They change the synthetic. I'm not a big fan of that, but to answer your question, no, you can change back and forth. They are both compatible. The problem you can get into is that the additive packages, even if you go to a different brand of conventional oil, you can end up with oil consumption problems because the additive packages are not compatible. So I don't like changing oil brands. I like to put one type of oil and just stay with it for the life of the car. Right. Well, you know, I went to one place, and they were pushing the – 5,500 or 6,000, 7,000 miles yeah. synthetic. And you know, I'm not sure if I want to continue that. I might want to go back traditional. And I'm just wondering if, if you think that would be okay. It's not going to hurt anything as long as you stay in the same oil family at very least. Like, for instance, if you put a mobile product, I would go back with a mobile product conventional. If you put, say, Castrol or Pennzoil or whatever brand, I would stay with the same brand at very least. But going back now, I mean, obviously, if you go back and forth, back and forth, every other change, you're going to create problems for yourself. But, no, it's, they're both compatible. 
I mean, there are even synthetic blends, which are just a mixture of the two. So it would not hurt. That happens all the time. My sister actually went to an oil change place one time, and they told her that her car was made in Canada and it needed a special Canadian oil. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Fortunately, she was smart enough not to go for that. But a lot of those guys are just trying to say you junk. I mean, well, you see it every day. You know, we have cars that come in, and there's five stickers, oil change stickers in the window. Every one of them's from a different place. Yeah. Well, yeah. every one of them uses a different brand oil. Right. So they got a oil consumption problem now. Yeah. Can't figure it out. Burning oil like crazy, right. and you know now they're looking at another motor because. Right. All these companies, they all run a different brand. Yeah. So I mean, the best thing to do is if you are capable of changing your own oil, is just change your own oil. If you can't change your own oil, pick one place and go there and try to fit, find a place that's not going to try to sell you all kind of stuff every time you go in. But yeah, anytime they come at you all this gimmicky stuff, depending on what kind of car you got, Brant, it probably takes either 5W30 or 5W20 or 0W20. You go with that weight of oil, the same oil every single time, a good filter, and the car is going to last longer than you care to drive it. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they love to show you those things on the wall where yeah. you have gears and... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, okay. I tell you what, anytime you go in one of them places, you just give me a call. <laughs> before you buy anything. I guess I need to put a cell phone app where people just push the button. <laughs> there you go. That'd be a great idea. Yeah, 99.9% of that stuff is just something to sell you, man. Right. All righty. Okay, Brad. Thank you, All right, man. Bye-bye. Right, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Jim online. Good morning, Jim. Hey, guys. I'm going to do a great show. Thanks, sir. Thank you. I got a 2001 Camaro, 110,000 miles on it with the V6 in it. Okay. It's a we kept it up good, change on it every 3,000 mm-hmm. miles, and no problems with it. Really, it's a great car, except after like 1,500, we've got to check the oil. 1,500, 2,000 miles, uh-huh. two quarts low. Yeah, yeah. So it, that no drips under the carport. Or yeah, it's probably consuming some oil, Jim. Talking to the last two callers, do you always use a consistent brand of oil in the car? Um, yeah, we take it to one guy. I think yeah. it's one. Make sure he hasn't changed his brand because stations can do that. They kind of get a different deal with a different supplier, and maybe they'll change the brand of oil they use. And that's one of the number one reasons why they'll start using oil all of a sudden like that. Now, there are other things that can do it. On that particular car, if somebody changed the PCV valve and didn't put the right one, it could suck all right through that PCV valve. You got to watch oh. that. The intake manifold gaskets can get loose and it can suck all up through the lifter gallery and burn them in the engine. So there's a lot of things that can cause it. So what I would do probably is talk with my oil change guy first off and just not accusing you of anything, man, but you're using the same exact oil you've always used yeah. and see what he says. And if, it's that sometimes if you continue to put the same oil in there, it'll actually take up over time. Yeah. It certainly wouldn't hurt to get someone to take a wrench and just check the tightness on all the intake manifold bolts. I had a Chevy small block, which is basically the same engine you got, just has two extra cylinders on it. And we went to Houston, and the thing, it all light came on. It burnt two quarts between here in Houston. Dang. And on the way back, Real it burned two more quarts. And oh, took and tightened up all the intake bolts and it quit and never burning all after that. Oh, so that could might be one of the problems. Could be that. Just go back and see bolts. what was done to it, if anything, mm-hmm. between the time it started burning all and now. And okay. if you had a tune up or anything like that, they may have changed a PCV valve. It could have got a defective PCV valve. That'll suck all right out the valve cover. I mean, there's all kinds of things. If you can't find anything, I mean, take it to a quality shop and they can check it and tell you what's going on. Okay, so possible PCV valve or the 
intake manifold. That's two simple things, okay. yes, sir. And I mean, it could just be the rings are, are sticking in it. It could be the valve guide seals are going bad. I mean, it's got a fair number of miles on it. Sometimes they just start burning oil when they get older like that. But I'd check all the simple stuff first. Yeah, I'd check the oil in it all the time. Now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And cars, some cars just use some oil. A lot of the new cars, believe it or not, consume a good deal of oil. In fact, on your new car, like a 2012 Chevrolet, if it's less than a quart and a thousand, they won't even fix that under warranty. They'll tell you that's normal. Oh, wow. Yeah, which wow. I think is silly, but that's what they'll do. And also, um, one more question. Uh, my kid's out of state. He has like a 1990 celebrity. Uh-huh. And the dummy let two quarts of oil burn up in it. Uh-huh. And it started tapping. He put the oil back in, and it's not tapping no more. Do you think it did any major damage? Eh, it's hard to say, Jim. Sometimes it does, sometimes it does. And I had a lady come in the shop earlier this week with a little Toyota rattling like to beat the band and it only holds four quarts on it was three low yeah uh, oh my god we filled it up and she drove off so like I told her I said hey all you do is drive and see what she says well light now I said ma'am <laughs> time that light comes on yeah, you, it's too late well you are <laughs> yeah. responsible to make sure you got all in your car if light don't come on you complain all you want but you know what you're still gonna be burned buying the motor yeah, you a, as a driver are ultimately on. responsible to make sure you got all in your car yeah, his light didn't come on, but yeah. he, he, well, see, he caught it. And put that all is in. not that all light's not a level light. All that is an all pressure light, and most yeah, of yeah. them don't trip until three psi. Oh, so if you man. got any all at all in there, if it's got three psi of pressure, that light ain't coming on. So by the yeah. time that light comes on, it's too late. That's oh, pretty, yeah. pretty much check money light there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. All right, Jim. All right, sir. Thanks, all man. Right. Bye. Bye. Hi, four nine 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 five two six number. We're gonna take one more quick little break, and we'll be right back. Harif, you hold on. You'll be straight up after the break. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For reaction from Washington, we go to Kit Moyer. Dave, Congress has been deadlocked for hours on a big decision. No doubt about this alien threat. No doubt. Well, Dave, my sources tell me that the alien ships have malfunctioned, and they want their repairs performed by Agco Automotive. So you're saying for all these years, Agco has been operating as an alien hub, helping in their evil plot to take over the world. No, you said that. I'm saying that these aliens know that inferior repair work can cost you time and money money down the road and taking their vehicle to Agco means it gets fixed right the first time. So if you want to learn more about how Louis Altazan is a servant to an alien overlord, visit agcoauto.com. That's a g c o a u t o.com. Dave, you're really trying to boost ratings, aren't you? Uh sorry. Wait, Dave, Congress is no longer deadlocked and it looks like it's thin crust and not deep dish. Yes, people, our tax money hard at work. I'm Kit Moyer, signing off. Hey, welcome back. Just join us as the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. And we're going back to our phone lines. We've got Harif has been patiently holding. Good morning, Harif. Yes, I got a 2004 Mercedes uh-huh. with a V8 motor. Mm-hmm. About how often should you change the, the oil? Because the manual says you only got to do it like every 13,000 miles. But I know <laughs> that's probably not why. Yeah, Harif, all these ridiculous all-change <clears throat> intervals come from a couple of different things. Number one, organizations like Consumer Reports and so on rate the different cars based on their maintenance schedule. So the longer they can extend those maintenance schedules out, the better ratings they're going to get, which means more people may buy the car. Number two, these guys are in the business of selling new cars. So if you can get 100,000 miles, you're pretty happy. If the car can't be fixed, you can go get you another car. 
uh-huh. which is what they want anyway. So right. the proper time to change all, I'm going to put you on hold because it's ringing real loud in the earphones. The proper way to change all is not really so much based on the miles that have passed. It's more based on the way you drive the car. A lot of the big trucks like the 18-wheelers have actually gone to a formula based on fuel used, the amount of fuel you use. Because if you drive hard, you burn more fuel. If it sits in idles, it burns more fuel. They base their all changes on the amount of fuel used. But I've got two or three or more articles on my website on this telling you how to find out when you should change your oil, so on and so forth. If you make a lot of short trips, in other words, you get in the car, you go five miles, you cut it off, you need to be changing every 3,000 miles. Don't let anybody tell you different. If your trips are longer, like the first guy that called, you're driving 40, 50, 60,000 miles a year, and you're driving 50, 60 miles at a time, you could probably go out five, 6,000 miles pretty safe. But I wouldn't ever, ever push any engine out 15,000 miles or once a year and all that. It's Under just, any condition. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Even if it were true, it wouldn't make any sense. Just because the cost of an engine in that Mercedes is probably about 15000 bucks, And you ain't ever going to save that many oil changes. So I would go in on my website, read the article on changing oil. There's two or three of them on there, and they'll give you some real good recommendations on when you should change your oil. And I hope that answers the whole question for you. We're going back to our phone lines. Randy, good morning, Randy. Good morning. How y'all doing today? Doing great, Good morning. Sir. Good, good. I've been listening to y'all, and I, y'all was talking about all changes. Mm-hmm. I just realized, I looked at my, I have a 2006 Chevrolet Trailblazer. Mm-hmm. I changed all in it myself okay. every 2,500 to 3,000 miles. It okay. never goes over 3,000, but I just noticed on my all cap, it's got 5W30, and I've been putting from day one, pins on 10W30. Have I heard anything? You probably haven't heard it. Randy, those engines are pretty robust, and they can withstand that. I would go back to 530. The reason they use that oil, and I've heard people say, well, 530 is too thin. No, 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 you don't understand. See, they're both 30-weight oil when they're hot. In other words, at 100 degrees Celsius, they're both 30-weight oil. So at operating temperature, they're exactly the same. The difference is when it's cold, the 530 can get up to the top of that motor faster than the thicker oil can. Right. It also okay. reduces what they call volatility, which is when the crankshaft beats through that coal oil, it's stirring up a bunch of fumes. Those right. fumes get sucked out by the PC system, and they burn in the catalytic converter. Mm-hmm. So when you start putting too thick oil, you can end up knocking your catalytic converter out in time. That's okay. one of the reasons they go to the thinner oils. Okay, because like I said, 47,000 is never burn or drop oil. Yeah, never had no right. Well, with stay it. with the same brand of oil, but just go yeah. to the 530. Yeah, I do pins off. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, any of them any, are good. Right. Any of them, if it says Formula SN, right. Sam Nancy on the little API label, right, then right. it's going to meet all the specifications of your vehicle. Now, if right, you got a 2011 right. or newer GM, you got to use Dexos, which is a synthetic blend, right. but that doesn't apply to yours. Right. So, okay. yeah, just right. change back to the proper oil in there. You'll be good. It won't hurt nothing then, huh? No, sir, not at all. Okay. Okay, I want to give you all a prop. I, y'all probably don't remember, but a couple of weeks ago I did call in about changing that little light above that map reading light on yes, the Honda. Yes, sir. Yes, I remember. Mm-hmm. Hey, it went right to YouTube, uh-huh. clicked in a 2008 Honda Civic map reading light. <laughs> they showed me exactly how to do it. Cool. And that $3 light on it cost me $3. It didn't cost me $50. I didn't break that code. There you there go. There you go. Man, I tell you what, the internet is something, huh? It is. Between man, Google and YouTube, is. man, I, I, I can do anything. Yeah, I mean, it showed me step for step on how to do it. It worked great. Cool so deal. I appreciate it. All yeah. right, Randy. Thank All you, right, man. Thanks, man. Bye bye. Hi, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I would love to have you. And we're going lines with Jay. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. How y'all doing? Doing great. Good morning. Sir. 
Hey, I got a 2006 Isuzu I-280 pickup, and uh, I've been having it since it's had about, I bought it at about 61,000 miles. Right now it's got 84,000 mm-hmm. plus a little bit. I changed the oil every 5,000 miles, so mm-hmm. at 85 I'm ready. But uh, about two days ago when I get in and start it, I look down at my old armor and it's saying change oil, change oil. Okay. Okay. A little reset on it maybe because I know my Scion does. Yeah. I tried the same little trick and it didn't work. So uh, maybe I just didn't do it right. Took out the owner's manual for it? I do not. It didn't okay. Put owner's manual. Yeah, Jay, there's going to be a procedure for resetting it out. One of two or three things probably happened. Either it didn't get reset properly, or the way you drove it this time around may have changed. Some factors may have changed. Like if more time passed and you didn't drive it as much as you did maybe in the preceding times, right. it may move that all change interval up some. Because it's looking at time as well as miles. Well, the funny thing is I've never pressed that button. Uh-huh. 61,000 is when I bought it, and I'm at 84, and I've changed the oil, I don't know, what what is that, maybe six times? Yeah, you you always change yourself and never reset the light, you saying? I never have. And so I don't – and so this is hmm. like – I'm thinking something's wrong. <laughs> and what? you sure it says change all? It doesn't say something else? It says change and then oil. It's just blinking. And it'll and it'll blink the whole time I'm driving. Well, it I'm may have just finally come around right. to, to recommend an oil change. Who knows? Some of those are set at some ridiculous intervals. Good Lord. It could be. I, yeah, I, I, know. I know the one on my truck, I've got a 2002 Chevy pickup, and I changed every 3,000, but I didn't reset. I just wanted to see how long it was going to go. That thing went almost 9,000 miles before it came on. Yeah, the one on my truck went 7,500. Yeah. They're they kind, they kind of goofy, man. I don't I don't ever trust those things. I really don't. But there's going to be a reset procedure on there, Jay. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't work enough at Suzu's to tell you. If you want to okay. fire off an email to me, I'll look it up and service Daddy and see if I can get you an answer. Daddy, you, you can probably get on the Internet and find it. Yeah, you probably could. Yeah, and I might be able to do that. I mean, it's just like the, like the Colorado, the Chevy. If it's like that one, what you would do is you turn your key to on. Push the accelerator pedal to the floor three times within about five seconds. In other words, just one, two, three, all the way to the floor. Okay. And if so, the light should flash a few times and go off. Maybe. If it doesn't, try it another time. In other words, just turn the key to on and immediately push the pedal all the way to the floor three times. Awesome. And if awesome. light flashes at you a couple times and goes off, then that's got it. When you turn awesome. the key off and turn it back on, it's going to flash a couple times, and then it'll be reset. It'll be reset, yeah. Awesome. I'll give it a try. Okay, All Jay. right, sir. All right, thanks. Thanks, uh-huh. man. Bye-bye. I four nine 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 five two six number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we'd love to have you. And we're going back to our lines with John. Good morning, John. Uh, good morning, Lewis. Got a two thousand three Chevy Silverado truck. Okay. I bring it to you every summer around July, which I want to highly recommend to everybody out there. That's the most cost-effective thing I ever did with my vehicles is okay. bring them in once a once a year. Once a year, good plan. On well, I was changing the oil uh-huh. and the rubber boot. That is over the uh, that's over the steering linkage on the driver's side. Okay, it was cracked. Okay, and so I put a hose clamp on it, but then I noticed this tube kind of hanging down, and obviously the boot connects by this tube to the other boot on the other side. Yes, on the rack and pinion, you mean? Right. And okay. It's, and it's not connected now. And you know, I pulled the boot back a little bit, a little bit, and yeah. obviously. You know, it's holding lubrication. Anyway, the question, is that something I need to do something about right yes, now? Sir. Because yes, sir. Okay. John, what that boot is, that's not actually holding anything in the rack. It's a dust boot or rain boot. It keeps trash from getting inside. It's protecting from right. the outside in, not from the inside out. Right. That seal on the end of that rack works in one direction. 
So uh-huh. it can't keep things from going in. It keeps the fluid from coming out. Right. And Inside what happens? Yeah. What happens is that boot acts as a seal from the other side. Right. So if protects, it's sealed up, it's protected. Protects debris from getting in. And the reason they're connected side to side with that tube is because an accordion, and when one goes out, it draws air in. Well, it has to have the air to make up or it'll collapse. So it just draws from one side to the other. That balances uh, it out. But, yeah, okay. if, if that tube is off and you turn the wheel and it's raining, it's going to suck water up in there. It's going to get inside Ooh. the rack and pinion. So, yeah, that needs to be sealed tight. You need to either – reclamp it or if it's damaged you can actually get a replacement boot and put it on but if you take that boot off and any oil runs out then that means the internal seal in the rack has failed okay well i I did clamp it so that because it's kind of torn on one end i think what i'll probably do is i'll just bring the truck to you a little bit early this year yeah because what we need to do to change the boot you got to take tie rod off which means you got to line the front end again Right. Because you got yeah. to pull it off the tie rod, slip it on from the outside. But, yeah, yeah. that rack and pinion is probably a $700, $800 repair, and that boot's probably only about $10, $20. So oh, yeah. it would be... definitely help you to change the seal. <laughs> uh, I'll be calling Elaine Monday. There you go. Okay. Okay, Thanks John. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I four nine 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 five two six number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we'd love to have you. We're going to try to catch one more call before the break. we got Tim online. Good morning, Tim. Hey, hi, guys. I uh, got a 99 Dodge diesel, 2500 automatic transmission. Okay, sir. Uh, long, long story. I'll try to give you some high points, and you stop me when you think you have okay. an answer. Okay, sure. Uh, what I call probably the transmission from around 45 to 60, mm-hmm. uh, if you're just easing through the gears, yes, sir. Uh, it jumps pretty good, pretty drastic. Uh, I, I related to maybe going from second to fourth. Yeah, I've had a lot, a lot of trouble with second gear in those trucks, Tim. It's a band-driven gear. That band tends to wear out real prematurely. And what it can do is it'll go first, it'll jump over second, and slam into third. And that's pretty common on them. This, what's happening is I thought that it was jumping back and forth from high to second uh, when you're kind of just easing through uh, the gears. Well, it's possible. That's possible. That would probably be outside of the transmission, Tim. That would more likely be something like a throttle position sensor or a map sensor or something like that. That is generally an engine control that is sending the wrong signal to the transmission. Okay, so I've got, this thing is sporadic. Mm-hmm. I've got a 9,000-pound fifth-wheel trailer. Yes, sir. And uh, sometimes I can pull it, and it doesn't act up. I'll go all the way to Talladega yeah. and back. The, and then I'll unload it, and in a couple of weeks I'll get in it with nothing on well, it. Well, what I would do, Tim, I'd bring that thing in, let Josh do a pressure test on it, and see if we can pick up what's going on. If nothing else, we need to drop the pan, take the old filter off, cut it open, and look and see what's inside. Because if I drop the pan, I find a snap ring and a piece of gear laying there. You don't want to be halfway between here in Talladega when you find that out. Okay, so here's that, the other deal. I bought it from a friend of mine who used it to drive back and forth to work. It mm-hmm. hadn't, hadn't been a working truck. Mm-hmm. And the transmission went out at about 140,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's got a fresh rebuild on it. Okay. I, I usually basically to pull my trailer and a little running around here and there. So it. Yeah, it's and that, if that's the case, I'd take it back to whoever rebuilt it and just have them do the same exact thing and uh-huh. see, because that could be something on the outside that will damage the transmission. Well, uh, I've had this, I brought it back. I actually had him bring it back mm-hmm. so that it wouldn't be a problem. You right. Know? He went through it, and they checked all the codes and everything, brought it to a diesel specialist, and I'm not going to name any names, and they went through it. They kept it for two weeks, and, and he actually brought it to a friend of his, and they could put extra grounding straps on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and finally he said, oh, it, what the deal is, it's the, uh, it's the computer. So they changed computer. Nah, nah ain't going to be a computer doing that. It's, that's going to be one of the sensors that's sending a false signal. And I would look probably first, uh, see if it's got a throttle position sensor or something that gauges how much throttle you're applying because that's going to be one of the major inputs to that transmission. But that is most likely going to be a problem on the outside, I would think, particularly if the transmission guy has gone through it and didn't see anything in the pan. It was all clean. Right. And uh, I, I just can't believe that I have the only truck that does this because it's uh, – No, those trucks have had a world of problems with transmissions, man. Yeah. They, right. That's that's one of the number one transmission trucks we see. The guys that worked on it in Gonzales on Prairieville, mm -hmm. they told me they thought it was a torque converter uh, clutches. I would think that if it, the clutches and the torque converter start to get bad, that it would probably be something well, that that's, to get that's bad. pretty much falling down simple to diagnose, Tim. Next time it does it, just reach over, keep your foot exactly in the same place on the gas pedal, and just touch the brake pedal with the other foot and see if it quits doing it immediately. Because when yeah. you touch that brake pedal, it's going to come out of lockup. And if it, if it immediately quits doing it, then that's a possibility. But chances are that's not going to get – that'll give you a little bit of rise in RPM. It's not going to give you a hard jerk. About two weeks ago, it started doing it with me, and uh, I I set the cruise control, yeah. and I just said I'm gonna let, I'm gonna find out what the problem is, cause I'll pick up pieces somewhere here and there. And just about two miles down the road, it quit, and I couldn't make it do it again. Yeah, and see, that could be something as simple as a corrupt ground or a loose wire, or when they rebuilt transmission, maybe they spread one of the terminals right. on one of the connectors. That's gonna be real hard to find if it doesn't do it. But if you want to get it doing it, hold your foot on throttle exact same place, and just reach over and touch the brake with the other foot and see if it quits doing it. I'm gonna sure if try. It, if it quits doing it immediately, then you're in some kind of a torque converter clutch problem. Okay, good. All righty. Thank you, man. Okay, Tim. Thanks, man. All right, we got to take one last little break. We'll be right back. Diane and Don, you guys hang on. Be straight up after the break. For more details on an alien aircraft that landed in North America, we go to a press conference with General Toms. We have been able to communicate with the aliens using a special intergalactic code, and they are an inquisitive bunch. Uh, questions like, uh, is Carrot Top an android? Um, why are those birds so angry? Uh, and uh, who actually did put the bop in the bop shoe bop shoe bop? Sir, is it true they asked for a tow to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair? Yes, they actually explained to me about Agco and having repairs done for the overall lowest cost. They learned it all online at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. It seems like across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. Did they seek any more information? Yes, they were curious to know the mysteries of the turducken. Sir, I've often pondered those myself. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alderson, and Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? And we're going back to our phone lines with Diane. She's been patiently holding. Good morning, Diane. Hi. Okay, I need to find out one thing. If your car been using the yellow antifreeze, I have a Toyota 1999. All right, you, can I put the green antifreeze? Well, uh, that car I, should take red, Diane. It shouldn't take right. yellow or green. 
Now, it's possible the red has been in there so long until it's turned yellow. Yeah, that's possible. Toyota, it, it should the, the have old, or, the older Toyotas uh, take regular Toyota antifreeze, which is red in color, and that's what should be in there. Okay, so maybe. Somebody could have put the wrong stuff. Somebody could have mixed green and red together and made it turned it yellow. Right. Uh-huh. Maybe it's probably some kind of cocktail in there now. I'd get that all completely drained out, drain the engine block and the radiator, and go to the Toyota dealer and buy you a gallon of antifreeze. Now watch, okay. because Toyota has two right. different antifreezes. They have the regular red, which goes in all the older cars. The newer cars take, uh, is it pink? It's, yeah, it's kind pink. of a pink. And, it's, and a, it's called a super long life. Super long life. Is the pink, and it is bought pre-mixed. pre-mixed. Right. It's already mixed with water. The other is the concentrate. You have to mix it. Yeah, so you want the red Toyota. The long okay. life. Regular long okay. life Toyota. Right. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, yes, ma'am. ma'am. Bye-bye. All right, four nine 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 five two six number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And let's see, we've got Don's been patient. Hold him. Good morning, Don. Yeah, how you doing? Good, Good morning, sir. Look, I have a nineteen eighty nine Toyota Camry LE with a two point zero engine in it. Okay. I bought it brand new in May the second of nineteen eighty nine. Mm-hmm. It has one hundred and seventy two thousand miles All right, on so- it. Now, ever since I bought the car, I've always used. 20 W50 Castro all in it. Don, you might get by with that on such an old car. It's not right, but you could probably get by with it just because those cars were relatively forgiving. On a modern car, if you did that, you're going to knock a bunch of stuff out. Yeah, well, I'm looking at my manual, and my manual that says from 80 to 100 degrees mm-hmm. is recommended to use 20 W50. Could be. I don't know in a car that old. I haven't really looked at many. Most of them are going to say 10W30 in that temperature range and 5W30 in the in the lower ranges. Right. Well, I've been using 20W50 ever yeah. since the day I bought it. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, change that. Yeah. If you ain't had no trouble with it, yeah, I kinda, keep using kinda it. Kind of like changing an old person's diet, you know? That's what I was, <laughs> I, I, that's what I was calling about. Yeah, see, I, on those old cars like that, Don, there was a number of things you weren't concerned about. Number one, it didn't have variable cam time in like new cars. Number two, it didn't have catalytic converters like the new cars. Number three, it did not have hydraulic tensioners that work like the new cars. Right. Oil today does a heck of a lot more than lubricate the engine. So right. you can't just go in there and say, well, I'm going to change this to a different viscosity. When that engineer designed that engine, he took all that into account. That doesn't use a drop of oil. Yeah, well, see, an 89-mile yeah. car, that's pretty old technology. Right. I mean, that would pretty much run anything that lubricated the engine. So it's just a very forgiving design. Just, yeah, if that's what you've been using, I keep on using it. Ain't no such change now. I'm going to stick with the 20 W50 Castro. Yeah, Yeah. I I wouldn't change. Not 170,000 miles. Didn't help anything. Okay, does that car have a PCV valve? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does? Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, right, sir. sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we're just about out of time, but I think we can catch a couple more calls. we got Mike online. Good morning, Mike. Hey, how y'all doing? Doing great, sir. I have a 1995 Dodge Ram that I've had since I was a senior in high school. Okay. And it dies in idle all the time. I've taken it to three or four different mechanics. I mean, yeah. it dies when, dies Mike, when I'm like at you're not going to find through. that problem on a truck that old. It's that in a minute unless you can get it to do it. So it depends on yeah. how often and how soon. It doesn't store hardly any data at all. So to bring it to someone and ask them to fix it is more or less a waste of your time and their time. You know, if you called ACO, I'd just tell you that on the phone. Don't, don't even bring it in. Okay? There's yeah. no, nothing I can do. If it gets to where it's pretty consistent, Mike, where it's doing it, say, every single day. It is. Well, if it gets pretty consistent, then if I can let it sit there and run for a while and it'll die, I can tell you exactly what's doing it. But 
to go in and try to find that's like trying to find a needle in 10,000 haystacks gotcha. because there's about a dozen and a half things that can cause that. And if it's not doing it, they're all going to test good, and the car doesn't really store any data to amount to anything. Gotcha. It never dies. It never dies in park. Only in drive gear. while I'm idling. Yeah, sitting at idle. Well, I mean, you could always put it in gear, put the emergency brake on, and let it sit there and run until it dies. And then, oh, okay. See, that right. way a mechanic doesn't have to stand over charging you for every minute he's spending. Exactly. He can just start working on something else. When he dies, he can run over and check it. Yeah. So that might be a way to find it. But, yeah, if it's pretty consistent, you could probably find it. You're going to have to be willing to leave it. Yeah, you got to be willing to leave it maybe couple for a couple of days to, right. to actually find the problem, you know? Yeah, I've done that. But, I, yeah, I need to do it again. I yeah. Just, it, well, it's probably I mean, getting a little more consistent point, now, right. so you may be able to find it. All right. Well, thank you all. Okay, Mike. All right, sir. Thanks, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I tell you, we are just totally out of time today. I appreciate everybody who called. And sorry for those who called who could not get on the air. That's right. So if you need a question answered, go to the website, right. agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. That's right. And just hit the contact button, send me an email, and I'll get an answer right straight back to you. And tell everybody how much we appreciate them calling this morning and listening to us. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week and tell all your friends and get some more people listening. That's right. And if you get a chance, why don't you go on iTunes and give us a rating. We really appreciate that. That moves us up and gets more people to listen. Got a link right from the site? That's right. All right. And you can get there real easy. <laughs> hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.